I had it pictured about six people here tonight, <laughs> plus maybe the ones that came with me. So I'm actually genuinely pleased. I know it won't last long. <laughs> Tomorrow night it'll thin out after tonight. But anyway, I know. I didn't turn it on. To, hang on a minute there. Sorry. I didn't even have to look up to know that. My voice carries, and so I frequently forget to turn on the... Can you hear me now? Yeah, all right. He's in charge of turning it down. <laughs> I've had lots of interesting instructions since I got here. Uh, <laughs> one is, there's 20 bucks in it for you if you keep it <laughs> under 10 minutes. <laughs> or something like that, 20 minutes. So I tried to work it up to 30. I, no, I think it was 20 minutes. I tried to work it up for 30 bucks, you know, for 15 or something, but I couldn't get him to go that far. I'll give, I, don't, I won't tell you who it is, but I'll give you a hint. His sons told me the trap door opened after 10 minutes when I was preaching somewhere else. I don't do a lot of preaching, so uh, I have to, well, maybe I do more than I think. But anyway, I was asked almost two years ago, I guess now, if I would, uh, if I would talk about, if I would come and, hold, and preach a meeting, which is unusual for me. Um, and I was told that... Uh, they wanted me to come because if it snowed, they could y'all could cancel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they love me. I'd preached one lesson, you know, and I thought, boy, that must have been really impressive. Till I heard that, and then it all made sense, you know. But then again, y'all, y'all revved me back up today just by your presence because it is bad weather and it's kind of challenged. But anyway, I was asked to help this congregation really to set in order things which are lacking. Most specifically, uh, the appointment of elders. And so I think John Dryden might have had something to do with the thought about me doing it because I've served as an elder for, I don't know, 30 plus years. I don't now. But that's really, that would really be my, I guess, justification for having me do this is just experience, just plain old experience. Uh, uh, as serving as an elder with a lot of experience and and I think that helps a lot. You know, our minds sometimes envision what something will be like or what's important or what a job is. Or, or, and then after we do it for a while, we realize how wrong we were sometimes, how much more complicated it is or how much more involved it is. Or things that seem to be important or the way that things should be were not nearly as important as other things we hadn't imagined. Now, that's... If you can digest that and figure out, what did he just say? <laughs> the point is, there's plenty of surprises when you do something like this. There's plenty to do. There's a lot of responsibility, and it's not easy. But I want you to think, I'm going to consider this, I guess, as I do the introduction. You're going to hear some opinion from me. <laughs> we'll call it judgment or discernment. And you can take it for what it's worth. I think opinion judgment discernment is more important than we sometimes realize clearly it has it, that God's word trumps all of that but we learn to discern or to make judgments based on our knowledge and our experience and I think that's one of the reasons why you appoint elders is because you pick somebody who's not a novice you pick somebody who's had experience you pick somebody that has proven character Proven character is talked about a lot in the scriptures, and there are things that lead us to that level, that proven character. One is knowing the word. Another is being tested by the circumstances in our lives. And, and, and so 
when someone demonstrates over a long period of time that, that they are going, that they're good at doing what God wants them to do, that they're strong and they stand up, that, they're, that they're, their ability to discern and decide between things is good. When you see the product or the fruit of, of their lives and it looks like good fruit, that's a demonstration generally of proven character. And that's important. That's one of the qualifications I, I think of an elder that, that's, but that's why you do that. That's why you don't pick a novice because a novice doesn't know what he's doing. A novice hasn't had experience. A novice hasn't been tested. But I just want you to, I just want you to indulge me because I might say something you don't like. <laughs> There's a very good possibility. I might say something that you don't agree with. You may not be so offended or upset by that, but you may not agree with it. I may say something that you think's out of line with the scriptures. And in all those cases, don't get upset with me. Just come and talk to me. I'd be happy for you to, especially if you think I'm out of line with, with God's word, because I definitely don't want to do that more than anything else. And it's also possible that I could be wrong. It doesn't happen very often, <laughs> but it happens. At least my, my wife thinks it happens very often, but then, well, we won't even go there. But you know, what we typically think about when we think about elders is somebody that kind of, uh, you know, runs the, runs the show, determines about where the money is spent and, and, and the organization and all that kind of stuff, and they do that. But that's only a small part of being an elder. But that, those things are all important. But what I want you to think about tonight is that having elders is as important as the doctrine we teach, the way we worship, how the money is spent, anything that we think is, is significant and important and definitely something we need to do and do correctly. Having elders is just as important is that. And the reason it is is because we've been given instructions regarding that. This is going to be probably the simplest lesson you've ever heard from this pulpit. But the question is, if God's word says we need to have elders, do we need to have elders? You remember what the motto is that we used to hear all the time from the restoration movement? We're going to speak where? Where the Bible speaks. And what are we going to do when the Bible's silent? Yeah, we're going to be silent. We'll speak where the Bible speaks. Be silent where the Bible's silent because that's God's authority. And that's one of the reasons why it's important to appoint elders. Sometimes we can think of a lot of reasons not to. Sometimes we can go a long time without doing that. But as we consider tonight what the point is, I want you to think that we need to appoint elders this church needs to have elders, and this is not the only church in the neighborhood that doesn't have elders. We don't have elders at stop. But there's a real good reason for having elders, and that's because God said so. Now, who was it was paying me 20 bucks? <laughs> that's the reason to have elders. I'm done. <laughs> but that really seals the deal, doesn't it? How many, how many people we got in here under 19 living at home? Just throw your hand up. You don't have to. Pick me, pick me. I'm... All right, good deal. Anybody else? Ah, I see them. All right, we got several of them in here. Wow. So what happens when you want to go somewhere and you say, hey, Mom, can I go to? No. 
What do you say? Why not? And what do you hear? Because I said so. <laughs> Makes you want to pull your hair out. That's how I got to be this bald. <laughs> because I didn't like that. I hated that. But the fact of the matter is that's enough, isn't it? If mom or dad says because I said so, that's good enough. We don't like that at all. I don't like that answer still today. And, and, I, and we all have to submit to authority. One of the interesting things about Jesus in his life is he, he, though he learned obedience. Though he was a son, he learned obedience. And God doesn't obey, God commands. But yet Jesus learned obedience, learned submission so that he could be a sympathetic high priest for us because we're required to obey a lot of things, the laws of the land, but certainly the will of God. But that all by itself, the appointing of elders, and I know that you all have been having lessons on it, and I'm sure that you've talked about a lot of things including that, and, and including qualifications and that sort of thing. But, but if you'll turn, if you will, to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, I'm, that's really where I'm going to spend a lot of time because I want, that's the point really of it. But in Ephesians 4 and verse 11, the passage says he gave some to be pastors, pastors, elders, uh, bishops are, are different descriptions of the same office, different, different jobs that are done by elders. But Jesus didn't give some to be uh, pastors because they weren't needed or because he didn't want them to be in churches. He did it because that's his plan. And so we need to be serious about that. Paul left Titus in Crete, and I'm sure you've talked about that, to set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city. As he commanded, we would, we would take the word of Paul, guided by the Holy Spirit, as Scripture, as the word of God. That all by itself is, the, is reason enough to know that a church is not sound. In the fullest sense, we hate that word. When I, was, when I was young, well, we're a sound church. They're not a sound church. I heard that, that was one of the, that's the vernacular that we, we even had groups, unspoken groups of people, the non-institutional conservative brotherhood of sound churches. <laughs> Although we know in reality, churches are all independent. There's no such thing that exists like that. But we wanted to be considered that way and a part of that. We didn't want to be, you know, that other group. But in order to be sound, healthy, the way the Lord wants it, you need elders. Boom. I mean, that's, that's really could be the whole sermon. But you know, God is kinder to us, I think, sometimes than, than we realize. He doesn't just do because I said so. We need to learn that because he said so was enough. But there's more to that here in Ephesians. I want you to look with me and I... Sometimes I have trouble with my eyes. I don't wear glasses, but sometimes I have uh, trouble with, you know, things moving around. And I, and I have these little reading glasses that I bought at Walmart, and who knows where they are. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I, I think I can do it. If not, um, I'll get somebody else to do it for me. But, but in, in Ephesians 4, well, I'll tell you what. Let's start, uh, let's start in Ephesians 3 because I want us to think about it. First of all, because God said so is enough and what we talk about. But another reason for doing that, did you ever have your parents say to you, 
after they said, because I said so. All right, you listen. Someday you'll understand. You ever hear that? Maybe you didn't. I did that. Son, when you grow up, someday when you have your own kids, you'll understand. What were they trying to tell me? There's wisdom behind that answer. I may be, you may have to do it because I said so. But I'm your parent. And I've lived a while. And I not only was a child, I'm raising children, and I know this is the best thing to do. And someday when you get older, you'll see the wisdom behind that, and you'll understand. And I think that's part of what is revealed to us here in Ephesians, the wisdom of God. In Ephesians 3, understanding the church, I think, is important, but in Ephesians 3, beginning in, in verse 8, Paul said, To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach, the, uh, preach to the Gentiles, among the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all people see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Now, the church demonstrates the wisdom of God, the manifold wisdom of God, to those in the heavenly places. And I think the point in that is, is this is the wisdom of God displayed. Jew and Gentile, slave and free, male and female, whatever color, whatever language you speak, whoever you are, can be brought together and are brought together under one king, under one head in the church. And this relationship that this is where people are not, uh, where people do what the Lord asks them to do, where people are there because they want to be there, where people serve and all that, this great demonstration of the wisdom of God is not new. God doesn't do anything that isn't wise. But this scripture says it was the eternal purpose of God to set this thing up. Do you ever think about what the, that the church is the eternal purpose of God? That before the foundation of the earth, God decided these things? But it's not just that we would all be saved by Jesus and called into this body by Jesus. But this whole idea of he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, some to be teachers, is part of that wisdom. This is God's thought in how to make this operate correctly. So God says, maybe someday you'll understand, Bill. And maybe I didn't understand that so much when I was young. But I'm telling you, churches need elders. This church needs elders in order to be what God had planned. It's his wisdom, eternal purpose, and it's from the beginning of the ages that he made that determination. I hit something right there, did I? Oops. <laughs> Let's all sing. No. <laughs> There's your 20 minutes, Mark. <laughs> That's the reason why I don't do PowerPoint. I, I did a real nice sermon with PowerPoint, Danny, one time. I 
hitting my buttons and I'm doing all this stuff and I'm pointing up here and I'm talking about that and you know and everybody's grinning I'm thinking boy this is going over good <laughs> I said yeah my wife said you know that wasn't on <laughs> I said well alright I'll just let them face me instead I know that I'm on that's one of the reasons why I don't do PowerPoint. The other one is it takes a lot of time for me to put it together because I'm not very good at that. But we need to think about that. It's, this is, we need to have elders because God's wisdom tells us to. And as much as anything, we like to talk about God's love, don't we? I mean, I do. The grace of God is what we're all depending on, isn't it? If I'm getting in heaven, it's by the grace of God. Period. End of story. I've got no justification for being there other than the grace of God. But this passage in, in Ephesians 4 is teaching us that elders are a gift from God. That's exactly what it's saying. And if we, I think I've mentioned Ephesians 4 several times and not read any of it. But anyway, in verse 7 in chapter 4 of Ephesians it says, But to each of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity, high, uh, captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now that he ascended, what does it mean but that he first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended and, above all, and, and is far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. Elders are a gift from God. That's what he's saying. In fact, when we get on through this, we'll look at it and consider that we are all gifts from God to our brethren, to, to other members, to other parts of the body. That's what we're supposed to be. But these gifts are specifically mentioned. And so, because of God's love, he did that. Because of Christ's grace, some were given to be these things, and these are gifts given to us. So those of you, again, who are under a certain age living at home with your parents or whoever, I'm only doing this because I love you. <laughs> no, you can't go. Why not? Because I love you. We don't like that either altogether. We don't generally like to hear any kind of no. But that's exactly what you're hearing right here. Because I said so. Because someday you'll understand I'm smarter than you are and this is best for you. And because I love you. That's pretty simple, isn't it? So, what do I do when I say, well, I don't know. What about this or what about that or what about the other thing? I mean, the only answer to that to me is when you resist Appointing elders, when you neglect to appoint elders, when you reject the idea of appointing elders, for whatever reason it is, unless there absolutely is nobody qualified, then you're rejecting, resisting, neglecting, whatever word you want to use, God's authority. Because he said so doesn't matter that much to you. God's wisdom. You just don't hold it in that high regard in God's love. If not, I don't understand why it wouldn't be. 
Because that's what elders are. That's what the rest of those gifts are as well. But here's the really thing, the thing that I want us to think about, actually, throughout this whole thing, if you do come back. What's the point? Here's God's point in all this. It's not just so, well, we got elders. Yep, we're doing good. The point of all this is for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, the building up of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness by which they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now that's a lot of reading. I like Paul because he has like six paragraph sentences and stuff like that. You can't even, you can't even stop at the end of the sentence without reading half a chapter. But what I'm saying to you is the point of all this is to build up the body of Christ. What is that body? That's this. You have, an, you have evangelists to preach the gospel. You have elders to teach and protect and to guard and to feed and to strengthen. That's what they're there for. That's the wisdom of God saying this is what you need in order to be there the equipping of the saints, but also personal maturity. Did you catch that part, the fullness of the measure, the stature of Christ? That's talking about individuals. The other part of that is, is I need to grow and grow and grow and grow. There needs, to come, there needs to come a time when I don't need to be taught so much, I need to be teaching. When, when I'm beyond childhood, when I eat meat and, and rather than milk, we, we have those passages throughout the scriptures. We need to grow. But the goal is the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. That's a pretty big measure, isn't it? And I'm not going to get there. But that's my aim. That's my goal. And that's one of the purposes for elders so that I can attain that or, or get closer. And so in all this process, that's the point, or those are the points, that I grow in stature. I mature as a Christian, that this church grows as a body, not just in number, but in strength, in unity, and all these things that we talked about, the building up of the body from standing on, on, on the doctrine of the Lord, the true doctrine, not wavering not being divided, all those things. That builds up the body, the strength of the body. And we pray all the time for, that we would grow in number and also in, in other ways as well. And so that's the point of all this, to demonstrate the wisdom of God. I've thought about that a lot. And, and I'm not absolutely certain the way I see that 
it's here are they, the, the, those in heavenly places seeing the church that belongs to Christ and seeing the wisdom of God in that. That's glorifying God. Right? And that is our purpose. And that is what we do. But in that process, in God's wisdom, he decided that elders were necessary. And that's the reason why that that gift was given and he set it up. Equipping the saints, the unity of faith and knowledge, the whole body working together, joined by what every joint, I mean, joined together by what every joint supplies. So the point in my mind is a strong, healthy body because of strong, healthy joints working together, doing their share in love. I think that's pretty simple. I think it's pretty obvious. And I think the thing I'd rather you learn even more than that elders are absolutely necessary is that you're absolutely necessary for this church to be as sound as it can be. Because it's what every joint supplies. What every member does as part. I'm not, let's see. No, I'm not going to get into it. We'll look later on if you're here. That we all have responsibilities. We all have gifts. We all have jobs. And it doesn't mean we're limited just to that. But we learn and exercise and do those things, and we work together in love to build this up. What I think the point is, is I need you, and you need me. We need each other doing our part for this to be a sound and healthy church. Where are we at, Mark? Is it 20 minutes yet? <laughs> oh, I wasn't going to say that. Oh, yes, I was from the very beginning. <laughs> so, sound church has elders because God commands it. A sound church has elders because God's wisdom says it's best. And a sound church has elders because God's love gave them to us. That wasn't too long, was it? All right. I'm glad y'all came tonight. I hope this is as simple as this is. I think a lot of times we have to look at simple things like that to realize because what we do oftentimes is we'll stand very strong on certain things, but we'll justify I don't know how many ways why we just can't do this or that or the other. And we can't neglect something that's, that's so strongly given to us as that and do right at least as far as I can tell. If you have another answer to that, please share it with me. If you're here tonight and you're outside of Christ, there's no hope for you. You have no part to play. You're lost. What a terrible plight. What a terrible situation. But the biggest gift of all was the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. God the Word became God the Son and the Son of Man 
and took on flesh and suffered, was obedient to those that he was more powerful than, stayed, went to the cross after being abused and tortured and stayed on that cross when he was chided to come down because he couldn't save himself and save you. Don't neglect that love. Don't neglect that grace. Don't neglect that wisdom. Don't neglect that gift. The Lord wants you. He wants you to belong to him. He wants you to go to heaven. And he wants you to be a working part of the body of Christ and demonstrate the wisdom of God. If you're here tonight and you're outside of Christ, don't pass up this opportunity. And if you're not living right, take an opportunity tonight. Make a determination to, to repent and determine from this point forward, I'm going I'm to serve the Lord. If you're here, whatever we can do for you, we encourage you to come as we stand and sing.